Wow, look at this, Daniel chapter 12. It's been about a four-month journey, and we are almost finished. Kind of hate to see it go. So I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll restart Daniel next Sunday in the Fellowship Hall at First Baptist Church Grandview. That'll give you a chance to, uh, or me a chance to get your input into um, all of these great accounts, events, prophecies. But let's finish uh, the book first and uh, we'll restart it next week. Let's start with the word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this great book written by one of your faithful servants so many years ago. God, we thank you for what it teaches us about you, for the examples in Daniel's life and character. God, just bless our time today as we look into this final chapter give us insight and understanding show us what we can glean from Daniel but more and most importantly what we can learn about you and these these verses in front of us in Jesus name I pray amen starting in verse 1 at that time shall arise Michael, the great prince, who has charge of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never been since there was a nation till that time. But at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Then I, Daniel, Looked, and behold, two others stood, one on this bank of the stream and one on that bank of the stream. And someone said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the stream, How long shall it be till the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the stream. He raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven, and swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a time, times, and half a time, and that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things would be finished. I heard, but I did not understand. Then I said, O oh my Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? He said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but those who are wise shall understand. 
and from the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away and the abomination that makes desolate is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and arrives at the 1,335 days. But go your way till the end, and you shall rest, and you shall stand in your allotted place at the end of, of the days. You may recall that Daniel 12 is actually part of a, a larger unit. It's the conclusion to uh, the, the vision, the last, the greatest, the most detailed vision in the book of Daniel that had begun in chapter 10. The third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a word was revealed to Daniel. The word was true, and it was a great conflict. That Daniel had been mourning, fasting, and praying for 21 days. When he received this vision there that he recorded, said on the bank of the great river, the Tigris River, that he looked up and he saw a man clothed, clothed in linen, a belt of fine gold. And Daniel was frightened, trembling, that he that he that he fell to the ground, that he fainted when when this heavenly being spoke to him there by the by the river. Why was Daniel mourning and fasting and, and, and praying? He had he had turned to God in in his time of of despair, time of of of, of need. But why? Maybe it was some of the earlier visions. This one is about 536 BC. Daniel had, uh, you know, his first vision there in chapter seven, the first year of Belshazzar, the last king of the of the Babylonian Empire in about 552. The results of that was he he was alarmed and his his color had changed. In chapter 8, the third year of Belshazzar, about 550 B.C., the end result of that vision was he was overcome and lay sick for, for days. He was appalled and, and did not understand. <clears throat> now in, in chapter 10, 536 B.C., he has this, this, final, this final vision. So did 16 years of pondering those visions and what was going to happen, is, is that what led Daniel to the mourning and fasting and, and praying? Perhaps, but it's probably more likely that, that Daniel had heard of the hardships, the obstacles, the opposition that his fellow Jews, the Israelites who had returned to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple were facing there in their homeland. That Daniel had heard that the work on the temple had stopped and he was saddened by that, 
may be perplexed on if God has decreed this and put that in Cyrus's heart to send the people back, why is this not going smoothly? And he received this word, and, and, and this <clears throat> word was of great conflict. And in chapter 11, we saw that, that the speaker tells him, Daniel, now I will show you the truth. And he, and he goes on in, in chapter 11, and he tells him of beginning with really the immediate history of, for Israel, for the Jews, for the, the, the land, the Medo-Persian Empire, but, but primarily in relationship to what will happen to, to, the, to the Jews during this time. Daniel learns what's going to happen in the next 300 or so years. It's as if we were to read a history of the United States, turn to the beginning of the book, look at the copyright date, and the copyright date is 1587. And yet we've read all these things that would, would happen in the next three centuries. <clears throat> this, this angel, this speaker, tells Daniel of the next four Persian kings. He goes through and he, he describes Alexander the Great and what will happen in, in, in after he dies in the, 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 the Greek Empire. And he describes 13 out of 16 rulers of the Seleucid Empire and the Ptolemaic Empire and the fighting that they have. And then he comes to this most despicable, evil, despot, ruler in the, in, in, in the ancient times, Antiochus Epiphanes, Antiochus IV, and what he does to Israel, how he blasphemes God, how he profanes the temple and, and sacrifices a pig on the altar there in, in, in the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem. But then in verse 36, chapter 11, the, the scene kind of changes. It's, it's a similar description of Antiochus Epiphanes, but it, the little descriptions don't quite fit him. And we learn that most most commentators say that that he shifts he had been describing Antiochus Epiphanes, but now he uses that as kind of a springboard for a more sinister figure yet to come, the final Antichrist, the man of sin. And Daniel is, is, is hearing this description 
and how even that Antichrist will, will meet his end. <clears throat> and it's about that time there we, we take it up in, in, in chapter 12. At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince who has charge of your people. But it's going to be a time of great trouble, such trouble as has never occurred since there has been a nation. This is going to be more trouble than the years of, of Ahab, the years of apostasy and idolatry through the kings of Israel and Judah. This is going to be greater than being taken into captivity to Babylon when Nebuchadnezzar came. It's going to be worse than all of these Greek kings, king of the north, the Seleucids, the king of the south, the Ptolemies fighting, and Israel stuck right in the middle of the land. It's This time is going to be worse than the days of Antiochus the fourth, Antiochus Epiphanes. But Daniel's not to distress over this or despair over this. He said it's it is a time it will be a time of great trouble. Then see the but. But at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. God has already planned their deliverance. He said at that time when it's when it's so bad, when it's worse than it's ever been, Michael, the great prince, the archangel, shall arise. God has already ordained and decreed that He is going to, to save His people. He's prepared Michael to come to deliver his people. It's going to be a earthly event, but also a, a, a spiritual event. An angel fighting for God's people. Angels, the message from God to Daniel as he fasted, mourned, and prayed for 21 days was that Daniel, I know things aren't going well in Jerusalem right now, but things are going to get worse. So how is that to comfort Daniel? Just ponder that. How is that to comfort and console Daniel? How is that supposed to comfort us? Like Daniel, we too live in a broken world. Just look around at the things that, that are happening now. The racial unrest, the COVID-19. But, but go back a few months before and, 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 and consider just in, in, in general how our culture functions. We try to fix everything. We want to fix everything from crooked teeth to, to a golf swing. 
You go in a Christian bookstore and there's there's self-help books on your prayer life, on how to live sin-free in six weeks by following these simple steps. God is telling Daniel and, and telling us that the world is simply not going to be fixed. The solution is for the world to be recreated. That not until God's kingdom comes will this brokenness, suffering, pain, persecution end. That we live in a world that's profoundly broken. The comfort, the word of hope is that God has a plan. God is in control. In the end, when that Antichrist is, is, is ruling at the appointed time, a time of such trouble that's never been seen before, God's people will be delivered. Then in verse 2, Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above. And those who turn many to right to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. This is not the first time in the book of Daniel that we've read a, <clears throat> a verse or a passage that there's uncertainty of, disagreement of, what does the many mean? Some commentators say many equals all, that this is the final resurrection. Others say that it do, it's not all, doesn't exclude all, but that it's mainly concerned with those who've been put to death during the Great Tribulation. Sinclair Ferguson says that he prefers that, that view. That not even the terrible time of suffering can destroy the certainty of the resurrection. And I think that, that, that the, there is validity and truth in what he's saying, that no matter how bad it gets, that God is going to raise up Everyone will be resurrected. Some to everlasting life. Others to everlasting shame and contempt and separation from, from God. Then the speaker tells Daniel, shut up the word, seal the book until the end. It doesn't mean to hide it, to conceal it, It means to preserve it, to save it, to keep it. It's, it's a record that God's people need so that the end will not be a surprise. And then the last part of verse 4 says, Many will run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. That's kind of a, a sign or a symptom of, of our times 
many go many people going here and there searching everywhere knowledge increases but has it gotten us any closer to God only knowledge of God brings us true wisdom the wicked will search for it everywhere but those who are wise will seek the Lord. Solomon wrote in Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Verse 4 ends that, that, that vision that the angel tells Daniel about that, that started um, really in verse 20 of chapter 10 ran through 11 these first four verses of chapter 12 and now verse 5 begins what what one writer called the postscript the 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 ps in the book and it contains two questions verse 5 then i daniel looked and behold two others stood one on this bank and one on the other bank and someone said to the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the stream, how long shall it be till the end of, of these wonders? That these angels who are there, one on one side of the stream, one on the other side of the stream, the man clothed in linen seems is above the waters. And the angels are, are concerned about how long this is going to be. The angels, those beings, heavenly beings created to worship God, to be His messengers, His attendants, are concerned with how long this tribulation, these things are going to go on on the earth, inhabited by physical beings created in God's own image. The angels know how much God loves us. They know how God's heart is poured out for His love and concern, His mercy and His grace for all of mankind. They're like, they, they hear this prophecy, this this vision, these things that are going to happen. They're like, how long will this go on? And then the man who is clothed in linen above the waters of the stream, it says he raised his right hand and then he raised his left hand. You know, when you go in into a courtroom, you've seen it on Perry Mason hundreds of times that you, you know, raise your right hand. Do you swear to tell the truth that this man clothed in linen raises both hands and swears by him who lives forever it's going to be for a time and times and half a time but then keep going and that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end all these things would be finished oh wow that that last phrase is like what Read it again. When the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things would be finished. That's not what you're expecting. You're expecting all these things are going to happen when the shattering of the evil people 
has been completed. That's this great time of trouble that verse 1 was talking about. A time of trouble such as has never been seen since there was a nation. Time, time, and half a times. Many commentators say it's three and a half years, and, and probably it is, but it also shows that there's a specific time, a significant time, a time that God has ordained and decreed, predetermined to the very day when this is going to end. But it's also a time that's cut short. Time, time, half a times. Three and a half years. We saw in, in Daniel 4, the Nebuchadnezzar's judgment, seven periods of time that completed the judgment, this, this is three and a half years. That judgment, this time of tribulation is cut short. That God has decreed that's it. That His sovereign control has decreed when it will end. These things will be, all these things will be finished. When the powers of darkness have done their worst against the kingdom of God. The truth of God has been set at a final act. And that will, be, that will be the end of it. Daniel hears these uh, uh, alarming words. Verse 8, I heard it, but I did not understand. And here's the second question. In, in, in this final section, this postscript. Then I said, Oh my Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? Okay, I don't know why, but the thought just popped into my head. Do you want to be Daniel? Would you like to have been Daniel? Taken away when you're a teenager to a foreign land, put in service of this, of this pagan king called in to reveal what this king's dream was and meant, not just meant, but was, what was Nebuchadnezzar's dream, or else all the wise men are going to be killed, including you, learning that your friends are going to be thrown into the fiery furnace, having to give Nebuchadnezzar the interpretation of his another dream that he's going to go mad and be living out in the in the wilderness for a period of time like an animal then being faithful and praying to God and being thrown into the lion's den and then all the visions of things to come from when Daniel is under Babylonian rule and finding that Babylon will fall, that the Medes and Persians will, will rise up, then they will fall after Daniel's lifetime. Alexander the Great will come and conquer the, the ancient Near East world, even into India. 
and then seeing your people go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple that was destroyed when you were a, a late teen or maybe in his early 20s by 586 when, when Babylon destroyed the temple. Did I say throw, thrown into the lion's den? Would you want to be have been Daniel? And then this final vision as Daniel is praying for his, his people, fasting and mourning there when he's in his, his late 80s and he gets this vision of these things that are to come, that there'll be a time that's going to be worse than ever before. And God gives him an, 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 an answer, comfort. In chapter 10, verse 14, the angel, before he tells Daniel all of these, these things that are going to happen, he said, I've come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the last days. There's going to be tribulation. Jesus told us the same thing, that you will face tribulation. But God has decreed in the end evil will be destroyed. God's people will be saved. The kingdom of God will be established. I don't think Daniel would trade places with anyone. He has seen God's faithfulness and though this news is alarming, and it can be alarming to us that when we read the end of it, we know that God has designed a plan. God has a purpose. God's decree, God's plan, God's purpose will not be thwarted by, by anything. Daniel says, what shall be the outcome of these things? The answer there in verse 9, he said to Daniel, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. The words are, are preserved, but as far as this mysterious prophecy, it'll only be understood as God unravels the history in the unseen future. The Daniel just needs to know that God has a purpose, that He uses the suffering of His people to fulfill it. All we need to know is that we're to trust Him. He continues and says, Many shall be purified, Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly. None of the wicked shall understand, but those who are wise shall understand. That those who seek the Lord and the knowledge of the Lord will understand, but those around us will, will not understand or even, or even believe it that there is a, a tribulation coming. 
that we live in troubling times, but that God has a plan, has decreed the time, and as it unravels, we will know. Then he gives him more days how from the time the burnt offering is taken away and the abomination that makes desolate is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. But blessed is he who waits and arrives at the 1,335 days, another three and a half year period that that judgment is cut short. And then he, then he finishes by telling Daniel, go your way till the end. You shall rest and you shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. To Daniel, all of this vision from chapter 10, 11, and 12 was in the future. For us, some's in the past, some's in the future. Beginning in chapter 11, verse 36, it all seems to be in the future even for us. We know these things to be true because those things in chapter 11, 1 through 35, happened as God had told Daniel, as God had decreed, and as He had decreed those things, and they came about that so too the things yet in the future for us will come about, that God's kingdom will be established. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth. We won't fix this broken world, this global warming, these political conflicts. God will, God will establish His kingdom in His appointed time. The message at the, at the end, the last verse to Daniel is the same to us. Go your way till the end. He's saying live for that kingdom now. Recognize that, that, that God's reign is now. Be obedient now. Fulfill our responsibilities. If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. Daniel was way into his 80s when he got this, this vision, and he was faithful to record it. He was a man of prayer his whole life that, that we can learn from the example of, of Daniel that this last greatest vision was given to Daniel to encourage him as a, as a man of prayer. He saw his people in distress, learned of his people in despair and rejection in Jerusalem, and it led him to fasting and mourning and praying for 21 days. And the vision that he received in a nutshell was things will get worse, but God has a plan, and in His plan, His timing, He will bring about His kingdom to where there will be an end of sin and death, an end of weeping, an, an end of, of wickedness and unrighteousness, and that He will establish His kingdom forever and ever and ever. Father, I thank You for this book. 
that we learn, that we're reminded that you are indeed in control, that you have a plan, that you're bringing it about, even though we may look around and say, when is this going to happen? How is this going to happen? That we know you're faithful to fulfill your promises. God, just give us hearts and desires to live for that kingdom now, to, to live in obedience to your commandments, live in obedience to the tasks that you've put in our lives, the responsibilities, the way that you use men and women, boys and girls, as your servants to share the good news of Jesus Christ with those that we meet. God, just use us for your kingdom, not that we would receive any glory, but that all the glory would go to Christ and that one day we would, we would hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.